Travelers, I didn't have an intro, so I just went back to what we normally do. <laughs> well, What's I, up, Dad? It's still more fun, man. When we we were doing those first seasons, you were like NPRing the shit out of it, going, "Welcome, fellow traveler." Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, we are the chillest. If anything, this is the chillest Adventure Time podcast out there on the etherwaves, etherwaves, oh, interwaves, interwebs, interwebs. I don't know, man. You it's surf a, the web. You know interwaves dude i'm i'm sorry i haven't had dinner yet i got some special <laughs> spaghetti that i got Ooh, cooking a new sauce with the new sauce and that spaghetti i mean i'm mm. i'm ready to go tonight once we mm. get off this thing oof, 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 a regular oof. tony soprano over here tony soprano a real jake the dog type you know i'm real. like get in line ladies this sat no i'm just kidding anyways <laughs> uh freaking bad dog dude uh bad dog. in a movie we haven't had a bad dog in a while but Jake, off the bat, at the beginning of this dang episode, dude, freaking bad dog, man. Get in line, <laughs> ladies. This rain corn thing can't last forever. That that blows. That's Okay. That, okay. that ain't good. Well, that ain't you good. You said off the bat, but man, he does give some good advice at the beginning because Finn is what? asking some hard questions. And guys, we're talking about all the little people. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's season we should five, introduce episode, episode. five. <laughs> <laughs> We should introduce the episode before we dive in because the yeah. episode kicks off with First of all, like always, I, what, I, I love that you made me start appreciating this is the fact that we got like a nice, like the cool sunset, sunset that ah, there's, and it just it sets the mood for the episode so well of like yeah, deep, deep bro talks at the sunset. And I love that. They don't do cotton candy hour. They don't do the, the blue pinks. Yeah. They do the like oranges and, yeah. you know, pinks. And honestly, it's, it's a vibe. It's a definite it. vibe. Yeah. But n- none of the like twilight stuff, they get the full on like, bright summer's day sunset. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I love Jake in the beginning of this episode. It's not bad dog because Finn starts asking, literally opens with like the hardest question. Like, do you date someone that's exactly like you or do you date someone that's the opposite? And he does black and white it again. We've got this back on what I love about this season is the development and growth of Finn. This, he's kind of got the adventuring thing down to a T and now he's got to get this whole being a teenager thing down to yeah. a T or even being a, a human, like, like yeah, being, being normal human. because he's had such a weird upbringing. Yeah. I can only imagine that's influenced him in some ways and, and ways that we've seen to be fair. And Fiona and cake, the freaking Finn of this world is kind of distraught kind of, yeah, the kind health, of a, a wacko in a way. The healthiest relationship that he's surrounded by is his brother who knocked up his girlfriend and doesn't live with her. <laughs> like that's the healthiest relationship he gets to see on the reg. So yeah. having questions like this is probably, um, you know, and he's probably thinking of it in his mind of yeah, Princess Bubblegum and Flame Princess, which we see later in this episode anyway, mm-hmm. is that he's probably got this, um, me and Flame Princess are so similar, but me and PB are so opposite. Um, is there, it's is interesting there that he goes to Rainicorn first, though. Yeah. I th- well, oh, and I think it's, I there's, there's a mentality. Well, we'll get into that like later. He's got a mentality kind of behind it. Again, I think he gravitates towards Rainicorn because, again, she's the only female in his life that he's ever seen in a healthy relationship. And so maybe that's why he kind of hmm. gravitates towards that a little bit. From a psychology yeah, perspective, some sort of a curiosity or something. Well, Ned, you tell me: Do you need to be more similar or more different to your partner to make it work? Um, you know, the, do we have the secrets? Can we I, give the listeners I, the truth? I'm with Jake that I I think it is not about. Um, gosh, I'm going to mess up the line, so I'm going to. It's not about to the it. personality matricals and charts. It's all and about charts. the bumps in your heart, the bumps in the hearts, and that's. I think that's the right answer. Now, personal experience on my end. Uh, the girl I dated right before I met my wife probably was the polar opposite of me. Like, okay. I'm talking super quiet, introverted, um, not very loud, like not a crazy sense of humor. And I was like, I think I had the attraction there off the bat with her just because it was the opposite. It was it was kind of 
each person lets each other be themselves. And it's a, it's a, a yin and yang type thing. And I think if mm-hmm. you can find the yin and yang in a relationship of that matter, yeah, it, it absolutely works. And you get that. Now, in my experience with my wife, she's way more like me, like very, very similar. And that's obviously lasted five plus years of marriage. So yeah, yeah. Um, I would say that that's my vibe. And I'd say it's okay. similar to your vibe. I feel like you and Allie very much match each other in terms of similarity and personality. I think personality, we definitely have some differences. I think we balance each other out with our differences. I wouldn't say we're stark opposites by any means, but I think we play off of each other really well with mm-hmm. our personalities. Um, it is, it's hard as I was, I was thinking about this, you know, I'm like, I think we have a lot of interest so not personality-wise, but interests, a lot of similar interests, especially mm-hmm. on the nerdier side of things. But then also being creative people in our own way, I think that balances, like my creativeness and creative desires are totally opposite of hers. And I think that's a neat balance as well, but yeah. it's in the same realm of creativity, which is really exciting, you know? But um, yeah, I mean, our personalities certainly aren't, you know, straight up the same thing. I think I'm... Really, no matter who I, yeah. <coughs> sorry, who I ended up with or in uh, dating the series, like I'm a pretty like middle of the road person with my like extroverted, introverted feeling, mm-hmm. all, all that stuff. Like I'm pretty center of the road, so I think it could be, and I'm adapting depending on environments and that sort of thing. So it could come off as any way, and I think it's it would be easy to say, oh, y'all are similar with whoever that would be, but. No, we definitely have um, some things that are pretty dang similar. And there are a couple of relationships that get put up in this episode that I feel like are either way too similar. And for some reason, that seems to be working out. We can talk about LSP and Mr. Cupcake mm-hmm. or way opposite and still are kind of forced to work out in a way through Finn. I mean, it's it's interesting as we have a lot of examples of, and we're kind of taking it with a grain of salt because these aren't fully fleshed out. These yeah. people, we're, we're not, we're not getting dialogue in any of this anyway. dialogue that are also context of their past. I mean, yeah, it, it kind of feels like they go in blank slate in every situation and they can be influenced through situational, whatever to maybe try dating or something, but we're not seeing on their dimension what that's actually looking like. Mm-hmm. And um, I've got some theories which is an on interesting that perspective. Well. Yeah. No, but I, I don't think there's any perfect thing. I think you could easily be the opposite personality-wise. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a ton of relationships where someone's crazy, outgoing, and though I would just keep saying extroverted, introverted. Yeah, you know, no, like, outgoing versus more reserved. Or, yeah, yeah. There's a ton um, of stuff like that. Who wants versus, to stay home? Wants yeah. to go out? I mean, again, it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to like give examples that aren't just the, the classic introverted, extroverted because yeah, it, those. The personality traits Speaking, tend to feeling, whatever. Be, yeah, m- most extroverted people tend to be more outgoing than most introverted. Like, yeah, so A type personality, B type personality. Yeah, we can yeah. even say it in that way. Um, yeah, I think that can match and can work out really well as well. But mm-hmm. um, I think you can easily also both be A type, and that gets way too butting heads and way too on top of each other, mm-hmm. and I not think work the, out long term. There obviously is a way to be so similar to each other where you're either always butting heads or you just get bored. Like, you know what I mean? I yeah. think a lot of people experience that as well, is that you you are in a relationship with somebody so similar to you, so both type A, that like nothing can be compromised. Everything is like uh, hard-headed. So, and that's why I think it's, everything's fluid. Everything's on a, where do you, where do you find your yin and yang? How far can you be separated from mm-hmm. how different you are and still find that yin and yang? Can I ask, is it, you can say if it's inappropriate or off the podcast sort of a thing that lasts the relationship before Jackie, mm-hmm. y'all were opposites. What happened? Why did it not work out, Ned? I think I went to go see her in the college town that she lived in and stayed the weekend with her. And kind of at the end of it, she she broke things off. I think that she realized like spending, we had, we had done like a date night uh, formal type thing with each other. Then a month later, I think that was the most like in-person time we had spent. We were still like flushing things out. Gotcha. And I think she flushed it out and she's like, this guy's like way different than me. <laughs> and I yeah, was, yeah. I think I was kind of, uh, I'd been in a relationship even prior to that. Um, 
that was a, a, another person similar to me. So I, I was thinking yeah. I was finding it very refreshing to have somebody around that had like different yeah, perspectives yeah. and I didn't butt heads with as much. Um, but it would have, it would have ended poorly if it had gone longer. What's well, interesting too, even phase of life could be a big factor. Like there's so it many like phase huge of life thing, factors, yeah. right? Where like, I mean, whether you're long distance because you're going to college and you go to the separate colleges, which is what happened with me when I somehow ended up in a relationship at the end of senior year of high school and then went into college with their girlfriend. And then within a couple of weeks, because I, I was, I mean, for what it's worth, I was, I was doing a bad job of like keeping the conversation going, keeping it engaged. I was, I was playing volleyball outside of Creswell in between Creswell and uh, Bolton. Creswell was the dorm I lived in. Mm -hmm. And then Bolton was the dining hall. There was a, a volleyball court there. And I spent easily the first two weeks of college after class all day, like tons of people were just out there playing volleyball. And me and my buddies on my hall that I had just met were doing that. And I, I was just like, man, I'm having a blast in college. You know, nothing, nothing bad happened or nothing. But uh, we just had a phone call and she was just like, I think like we're both just like, in different worlds right now. And mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, we, we totally are. And it doesn't make any sense for us to keep going. We haven't been dating that long. Um, let's, let's break it off. So that's what we ended up doing for the best, certainly. And I didn't end up dating anyone. Actually, I did end up dating someone come, I guess, Christmas break or something. I'm not sure. But anyways, so I didn't, I didn't like have someone else I was jumping to or nothing. Yeah. That wasn't the case. Yeah. No, and neither no. was she, I don't think. No, but it's, it's, yeah, it's a, that's, that's the other factor we're not determining with this episode analysis per se is it's way more. Yeah. And then I would say that's, that's just, gosh, that's just the first line of the episode. And that's what we talked <laughs> Let's about. Let's get into the episode. Yeah. Um, Let's get into I was it. Like, I was like, oh dang, like what, like how do we get on that? And then I was like, oh yeah, we're just talking about, it's a very deep um, opening of the episode. And so I, I love that. And then we get our magic man coming into this. Yeah, let's talk about magic man. He's and so freaking about, powerful, dude. We we haven't seen magic man in a minute. So I think his little almost just like popping in. And then I love his line. And he's just like, I won't be back. Um, mm -hmm. Is again, just the way he loves to just introduce chaos. And he's just like, I don't, I'm not even going to see this. It's like, like, like literally like putting a TNT in a mailbox, but like never watching it explode. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. It's interesting. Um, so Magic Man, I had some thoughts. I mean, he says, I'm not coming back. And that's the same line that Finn uses at the end of this episode mm -hmm. when he's saying goodbye to little Finn and to the little princesses. I wonder, like, Finn was messing with these little people and affecting their lives in such a way. Magic Man does this also to Finn, says the same thing to Finn as he's leaving. Why is that? Why does Magic Man want to mess with Finn? What is the purpose of this? I, I think Magic Man's purpose is to just cause chaos. Like, um, it's what he does on Mars. Like, that's why he's get, he gets banned from Mars because he just absolutely caused chaos for entertainment. Um, and that, like, just the sheer fact that he caused chaos causes entertainment. But I think Finn, at the end of the episode, going, I'm not coming back. Like, Finn caused chaos, and in his attempt to fix it, he has to step away and go, I'm not coming back. Otherwise, they're going to be like, well, let's listen to the God in the sky that like is apparently mm -hmm. ruining our lives. So I think his not coming back is actually a helpful thing, not a chaotic thing. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, I, I totally agree. I just wonder what Magic Man, like, I guess you have a good point. Maybe it's just a matter of chaos. But the last episode, we saw Magic Man have a moment when he was looking at the picture and he was like, oh, maybe I can... I, feel love or something and then immediately snapped out of it. So I was like, Oh, this is an episode about relationships. We're talking about relationships at the very beginning of this episode. Magic man disappears. <laughs> it doesn't come back and there's no full circle moment. And yeah. It's just, <laughs> Which is, I, I think is chaos, perfect. I, I don't, I don't yeah. want a full circle magic man episode here. I think it's, okay. And I love, and so in a previous episode in sons of Mars, magic man sings part of the song and says, memories drift out in and out of my mind and all mm -hmm. the little people get left behind. So I do think, Magic Man being a part of this is a reference to Son of Mars. Mm. Now, is and this a... Because Magic Man's so crazy, is this a universe in our multiverse of little, like, Wawa people being created out of Magic Man's memory of them? Oh, um, man, yeah. Ooh, it like, could like, be. So, 
it very could easily could be because there's nothing we know this is re- real they have agency this is like mm-hmm. real figures on some sort of a plane that we can see their plane through a um what's it called the the mirror um one, one way the two, mirror the two sided mirror, mirror. two sided mirror two, two way mirror, two-way mirror. Know, yeah you're right um but anyway so it's kind of that concept where we can see them they can't see us except for when you interact apparently by by shaking them mm-hmm. uh, to get on their <laughs> frequency, the same frequency as them, you can communicate. But then, even then, you can't see their reality. You can't see the beautiful cliff that Finn is standing on, super depressed mm-hmm. and bummed out, little Finn is at the end of this episode. You only can see what is the actual reality of a bunch of books on a desk and Finn's on top of them sort of thing. So I don't know, man. No, it's, it's so interesting. I like the idea a lot, though, that this is in that web that we see in Fiona and Cake of yeah, that, universes. That's exactly why I think that this is a, a great episode to come after so much multiversal discussion, is that like um, even the episode that we talked about, Booka, we talked for so long about um, how when universes become connected via portal, their temporal frequencies align. That's what Booko says himself. So there is something... Yeah. I think that Jake has learned through um, their adventures with Prismo and this and uh, Farm World and stuff like that. Now that Jake's like, okay, like I, maybe it's a frequency thing. Maybe these universes are vibrating on different frequencies, which again I think leads into what you were saying at the very beginning of this episode. Now Finn's just putting two people um, next to each other, right? Now does that time period that like. If he puts, um, who is it, himself with Lady and then brings Jake into, or excuse me, Lady with Mr. Cupcake um, and then puts Jake in there and turns him around. Now, in their universe, did that take a month to for that to like occur, essentially? Yeah. Because they're operating on different temporal planes. That mm. Ben was playing this God character and was like, I'm going to put Mr. Cupcake and Rainicorn together. And that actually played out in a series of events that took a, a month or a year for that to happen. Yeah, maybe you know? so. It certainly required really, really heavy influence, which is what we saw with Ben basically throwing uh, Randy Corn into Mr. Cupcake's arms. And I'm so I would love to see how that was translated into their into their dimension. It wasn't as simple as oh, oh my gosh, I fell in your arms. I think yeah, it was so yeah. much bigger than that, so much more yeah, epic. Was, like you're saying. Uh, so much more time, maybe yeah, way more even stories, just some sort of more, um, yeah, so much yeah. context that we don't get in this plays into their lives constantly as we're on our own dimension viewing it. It's so fascinating. I it reminds me of a TikTok, Ned. Not to go on too big of a tangent, but there was this TikTok that went viral that me and Allie were kind of like, you know, keeping up with all the comments and then the follow up videos of this girl who had this figure that she drew and. She talked about, oh, this guy's on a 2D plane. You know, he's got these gems, but I'm going to take him away. And then, like, all the comments were like, you got to give the, you know, the, you got to give the gems back. You can't just take him away. This guy doesn't have gems now. So she gave it back. But then she's like, okay, what I'm going to do to this, like, this is a different video. What I'm going to do to this um, 2D guy is I'm going to turn this hat, like, I'm going to rotate it. You know, so because it wasn't just like a drawn hat, I think it was some sort of a like a I don't know, a magnet or something. And she flipped it around only in a way that a hat can move in the third dimension to give this thick guy a clue that there is a third dimension, there is more. Mm. And like the comments were so fascinating. And that's getting in what this was. You know, it's just like Finn's influencing them and they don't know. And I wonder if they were starting to like maybe Finn because of how quickly little Finn accepted the fact that there was a big fin that was influencing his world. Maybe he was catching on a little bit or like they were talking about, Hey, this seems a little off. Why is this happening? You know, I'm, it'd be really fascinating to see that on a different perspective. Yeah. That's, I'd say when we got a little miniature, a mini series that we could do over here about people. Um, but that would just be a, alternate universe adventure time timeline mm-hmm. kind of story, which we have can now have a thousand of those anyway. Yeah, we definitely can. But we're not um, using any C listers though. Let's let's take Tiffany. Not let's using take... C listers. <laughs> no, I nope. love 
I love we'll that reference. Though. You know, <laughs> I love that reference because we are far enough along in Adventure Time, right? To where we have seen repeat characters, we have seen the return of Tree Trunks, we've seen the return of Mister, or yeah, the return of Mister Pig, technically in two episodes. That the characters he mentions specifically, I think the writers are nodding to like, listen, we've created really fun characters, but we're going to use them again. And he says, because he said, oh, uh, they'll come out later. And I was like, oh, that's totally the writers being like, listen, guys, we haven't forgotten about all these yeah, great characters. Yeah, they're still here somewhere. And then they're, they're here. We're just going to pull them out later. Yeah. Yeah, I love it too. I'm, dude, I, I want to talk a little bit about some of these initial pairings. Because yeah, yeah. So we get to the, the treehouse. Finn's going to get hyper zoned out. Jake's cooking up his spaghetti. Spaghetti. And you have the idea of similarities and differences. And Marceline Peppermint Butler. Okay, Dude. it works. It, in my opinion, it works. It works. They yeah, have connections I, to the dark arts. That's for exactly. sure. They're both They've in got, Slytherin. They they could probably both easily like slay a bunch of vampires as they could like sit and hang out. Now, personality wise, I don't know, but definitely with interest, I know. But that. she's she's kind of dating her dad's friend, which is a little weird. That okay? Yeah, you are right. That is <laughs> that, that's a he's, little odd. He's already in connection with Death and Hudson, so. Um, but he's got red. He's got, and and if Peppermint Butler regenerates red stripes, then she's got a forever source of food. So she does have a forever source of food, but I can't imagine he regenerates stripes because you see him later on, like well, that's half when she's just away. going to town and eating. <laughs> so, and she yeah. doesn't eat peppermint. So I thought that that was a little far fetched anyway. Well, so. what the heck is happening on their dimension, right? When you see <laughs> exactly. half of his body gone. <laughs> Uh, maybe something. One of them, maybe you could go deep into the the crazy demonology, but like she's consuming him. She's consuming yeah. his life force. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. You get. Crazy I don't know. With it. Well, what about um, all right? LSP and, and then Mr. We Cupcake. Have LSP and Mr. Cupcake, which you mentioned, yeah. and I agree, works out well because they're both super into themselves. No um, influence. There's no outside influence. They stand right next to each other immediately are interested. I I think you're right, man. I think, and maybe I said that earlier, but they're so into themselves. They're both so forward. You mm-hmm. constantly have LSB being LSB, but um, then yeah, also Mr. Just be Cupcake. Like, he's, he's so hot. He's so yeah, hot. Mr. Cupcake's like, I'm going to take off my shirt or whatever and show off my muscles. And that's like his whole thing. So he's super forward. Uh, I don't, would it work long-term? I don't, I don't think it works long-term. Chaotic long-term. Yeah. Unhealthy it, relationship. They'll burn down their neighborhood. They're just, I think they're too similar for it to really, to be a thing. To be a long-term thing, yeah. Long-term thing. And also, the whole BMO and Ice King, I they're buds. I don't think at the end of this episode, they're like actually going to be dating little Ice King and little BMO. I think they're just like, they're just buds. There's some really, there's some some beautiful um, BMO, Ice King interactions in later seasons as well. Um, Not necessarily deep, but... Um, Bimo's a wholesome character enough to where I think Bimo doesn't care if the Ice King's crazy. Mm-hmm. No, I think that it's it's that's a buddy buddy thing for sure. I think. Yeah. Now we got Turtle P and Zergiak, which I don't have much Dude. to say except for she seems to enjoy the spanking of oh man. Zergiak. Which is all Zergiat's thing too. Except for normally he was slapping them buns, and now she is. I'm. I won't yuck any yums here. I'm going to not yuck any yums. But she is, Ned. She is going to town on those yeah. buns when we, <laughs> Later when we come on, back she around. Is, <laughs> she is coming. She is. she is. She is. She has. Well, and then that could. I mean, it'd be a statement. Uh, we're going <laughs> to be over analytical. Right, of left, right. Left, she has dude. now absorbed his bad traits uh, during their relationship. Uh, mm-hmm. He was the one obsessed oh, that's with spanking and now that now because they started dating she, now and, she's the one that's obsessed with it. You know? Yeah, Zergiak like introduced it and mm-hmm. she was okay with got it. And got her hooks. I mean, you definitely do that <laughs> with the person you're dating as far as not not spanking. Well, no, not not spanking. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we've all seen 50 shades of gray, Russell. We've all seen 50 shades of gray, which is um Obviously not fan fiction written off of Adventure, Adventure Time, but um, <laughs> it is fan fiction, I believe, or at least it started as fan fiction from Twilight. And no, what I was trying to get at, like comedy-wise, I think is how I see it most. I've for sure picked on 
certain like comedy nodes or, or aspects that like Allie would be like, this is my sense of humor. This is how I would say a joke. And I, without a doubt, picked up on that over the time. And it's just natural oh, yeah. now. Yeah. You know, I'm, oh, I think turns of phrases, uh, yeah. what you find funny, like that's definitely the aspect of that, like kind of relationship where like, yeah, you, the things where you are different end up like rubbing off in good and in hopefully not, but bad ways they can, mm-hmm. bad habits and uh, whatever. Oh man, Turtle Princess, real tough. I mean, also you got Choose Goose, which is my like forever most punchable character getting getting yeah. it with Lollipop Girl. I was going to say, if we have anything <laughs> that Daniel. is the adult tongue-in-cheek of this episode is that they for sure are having a little little threesome party going on. They're, a little yeah, they're, they're a throuple. I Look, I'm not going to yuck any yums, but that's a tough one, man. Choose Goose. I mean, Abracadaniel and was it Lady Oof. Lollipop, Miss Lollipop? Um, oh man, the, yeah, destruction, a, <laughs> the destruction, the depravity, the, the, the deprav- wrongness of it all. <laughs> and that's why, yeah, the, the, they center on the wrongness when they have their mangled bodies all together. And I was like, ooh, that was, <laughs> that I was just, intense. I, yeah, I'm not going to yuck any yums. I think my most punchable character, though, is definitely Abracadaniel, and we could just leave it at that. Um, maybe I'm yucking yums, and I might be okay with that right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, the the other, I would say, punchable character of this, because this is probably going to get into our deeper topic of conversation here, is Finn. Um, yeah. But he's also not punchable in a lot of ways, too, because I think he... You see this moment on him. I can't, I gosh, there were so many moments with the little people that he like blushes in that moment. And I think he's starting, you know, he's not in middle school. He doesn't get surrounded with people that are dating that are his same age, that are in relationships with him and others and cheating and all this stuff. Well, this he's playing of, Sims. He's playing Sims he's playing right Sims, now. We've all done this. But I think it's also Sims where we did that for like a, some form of escapism. And I think he's seeing these kind yeah, of things. Yeah, but you make play him out. talk, you make him date, you know, you influence yeah, but this the is world something around them. Where I think he's seeing, like, okay, in middle school, we all yeah. wanted to be, to at least know what was going up with the drama. Like, nobody, so there oh, was yeah. people that caused it. There's people that loved to be the agents of chaos of drama and relationships. So I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell this girl that you like her. I'm going to, Tell her what you did so she'll break up with you. Like, And then when other people start viewing that from the outside, it's, it is somewhat of this weird, um, sadistic form of entertainment. And so well, I think... We, to this day, man, drama is interesting. There's a reason yeah, we watch yeah. trashy television. I mean... That's, I literally had like that written down, was that like that's why we see trashy television um, as entertainment. And it's because it doesn't feel like real people, which again, is why I think Finn kind of gets hooked on it to start. Cause he doesn't feel like these are real people. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's a good point. I think it's definitely a, a Sims mentality. I'm playing a game. They're fake. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And eventually he realizes, like I said earlier, they kind of have some sort of an agency. They have some sort of a, a will or a desire outside of his influence. Mm-hmm. Um, though he does seem to have like the, kind of the godlike Cupid ability to make the right things occur in order to kind of force certain relationships. But it's no wonder he goes, Oh, little me, little princess bubblegum, little flame princess, like what would happen? You know, like what's going on here? I don't know why. I really don't know why he went with Rainicorn first. I think, yeah, my guess would be, um, is, is because that's the relationship he sees as the most healthy relationship yeah, your, in, your in point his from earlier. life. Yeah. So th- that one makes sense why he's like, she's nurturing. Um, she's already with my best buddy. Like, why wouldn't I like her as well? But he obviously okay. like, you know, goes back in and experiences the um, hypotheticals of uh, flame princess and princess bubblegum. Like, let me see, yeah. with, you know, me and flame Princess's cute little cookie sharing. And then I'm going to start making out with PB. What's that mean? 
I mean, and, both required a lot of Finn influence, which is something else that I guess we could kind of talk about a little bit. I mean, the Princess Bubblegum and Finn thing hasn't happened, probably won't happen. There's been a kiss or two here or there. It's felt like, I mean, let's just be honest. When you go back and rewatch these episodes, it does feel like Princess Bubblegum is leading him on some at the very least. Mm-hmm. I think all of us can admit, yeah, there is flirtation. There is a little bit of leading on. She knows he loves him or, or like loves her, or really likes her. Um, it's a little inappropriate, but he is definitely forcing that relationship to occur. I mean, he also does that with Flame Princess. And is that just because they're so different? Is that because they're so opposite? They kind of jokingly said he's a water elemental, which that's not really the case, but he has to use natural fin uses like a pencil to like nudge Finn closer and gives him a, a piece of a cookie to have like, Hey, look at this thing that I have. You, we can share this. And that's all we really see. We don't necessarily see them kiss or nothing, playing Princess and Finn, but they do, I guess, playing Princess and Princess Bubblegum do end up fighting over Finn, or we can kind of assume that. Yeah, and that's, I mean, so that's the funny thing. This is going back to my original point. It's just a lot to conceptualize because you have to play out like like what we're doing, to play out exactly what's happened. I think Finn is getting to play out his version of hypotheticals with no consequences. Mm -hmm. Well, what if... Princess Bubblegum came to me tonight and gave me a massage and smooched me on the mouth. Now I would leave Flame Princess. Odds are he kind of has the realization in this little scenario that he would end up breaking up with Princess Bubblegum. Um, mm-hmm. First of we don't see that happen on screen, but he's like, yeah, oh, we, we broke up and I'm with Lady Rainicorn now. Um, and I think that this is a really important part of Finn's development because Jake leaves, leaves him for four months. Um, Sixteen comes back, weeks later, yeah. and I think this is a kind of a metaphor for like Finn going through what we all went through in middle school and hat like most of high school, like not most if we were lucky, but the okay, like well, I never cheated on a girlfriend, but like what happens if I kiss somebody else, and then that's not it's not a healthy relationship, but uh, it's it's there in front of me, so I'm gonna go explore my options and. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a lot like conceptually, but I think that Finn does this weirdly expedited version of like seeing how relationships work technically long-term through these little people because things happen Mm. so fast, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, 16 weeks is a a long time (laughs) and Jake, I mean, Jake's really affected by what happened, what he saw when he saw Finn, little Finn kissing little Rainicorn. And as soon as he comes back, he's like, I'm back. I got over all that messed up stuff you did. It took him 16 <laughs> like weeks to months. get over that, hanging out with Rainicorn. And also how long Lady Rainicorn hasn't had her babies yet. It's yeah. a long well, time. Well, then you can also assume that there hasn't been that much time in between when she's like, I'm pregnant in the Ricardio episode. Yeah. Now. Okay. All right. Yeah, I guess it doesn't matter how long it takes for Rainicorn yeah, who knows babies how long to be are going to are pregnant. So. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, it doesn't matter. So, but it is really interesting that it, that really affected Jake, that seeing his best friend do that, even on a hypothetical Sims level, say you walked in on your best friend, making a, a Sim of your girlfriend and yeah. his character is making like, that would be freaking It'd weird. It'd be like, Hey, I'm going to put a little arm's distance between. Yeah. This totally. and let, you figure, let you figure out what's going on. That's making you do this. Yeah. Or at, I mean, I think I would be like protective. I would be like, no, you're staying away from this person I'm dating. That's not. And cool. maybe that's why he did it. He was like, I'm going to go spend time with Rainicorn and like, because she's my girlfriend. <laughs> she's not yeah, your but girlfriend. But also, get o- he had to get over it. He had to figure out how to, to move on and forgive Finn and, and keep going as, you know, best buds or whatever. Yeah. Him, well, I think, I think at that point, he is starting to see like, he comes back and he's like, I'm going to have to snap him out of this. Not, I'm going to go back and let him do another four weeks of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's almost like, like JT dog zone. I mean, sorry, Jake, uh, <laughs> as they're totally not the same person is almost a little mature. This episode outside of his initial joke, he does quote JT dog zone at the beginning. Um, when he talks well, about it, it's not about the personality all... matrix in the charts about the bumps in the hearts, you know, which is a JT Dawson quote. Yeah. And well, and then all the books on the table are 
JT yeah. Dog's own books anyway. Well, did you read the paragraph? And because it's one paragraph no, repeated didn't. over and over and over again. I no, have it written I, down if you want me to read it. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't catch that. So it's JT Dog's own book. It's uh, one paragraph and then the both pages, just it's the same paragraph, just copy pasted essentially. Um, but it says, now to be clear, JT Dog's own does not condone random flirtation with wanton babes but rather careful consideration of which lovely honey gives you gives your heart the bubumps because it's all about the bubumps secondly you got to remember the smooth or you got to remember to be smooth no bodacious babe belongs with a bumbling baby bow bereft of bravado sorry it is a ton to us here lots of bees um but yeah i mean it it is kind of like a a wiser thing to say like he's like JT Dodd's zone is not saying you should go out there and flirt with all these babes that like you if you're not feeling like the bumps in your heart, you know, if you're not actually mm-hmm. feeling like anything's actually there. Um, and secondly, just saying like, remember to be smooth um, because I guess going back to JT Dodd's zone of how he actually is because babes want bravado and you got to be not a, a bumbling baby, which kind of... Not a bumbling goes back to you know jt dozen being classic alpha male type crap yeah. but but still i mean it's it's a little bit more mature than we've seen in the past so yeah well a little bit more thought through i would say yeah i mean jt dozen is definitely jake he's got to be jake yeah i think i think our house canon is is more supported by this in this yeah. episode absolutely so um but yeah it's it's i i lost my train of thought with that in general no, you're good. but no, no, no. I think I I think that that's cool that you caught that because I wasn't reading the words on the books and everything mm-hmm. like that anyway. No, I was just curious. I had to but, pause um, it and read through. Oh, yeah. But uh, no, I think that at least after this all plays out, Finn is at the end at least goes back to his hero mindset. Like, I got to fix all this. Like, I did mess this mm-hmm. up and he's not going to just throw him back in the bag and feel good about it. So I do yeah, think... Got to help little me. You know, got to help jerk little him a me. little bit. Um, now, and I think that, yeah, we, we already talked about the temporal planes now. Just gotta, it's, you just gotta, matter. No, I mean, to, the solution is you just gotta, you gotta jerk the little meme, jerk, jerk the, the fin, little fin. That's what he had to do. He had to this is get on Russell's, the same wavelength. Russell's adult joke. No, of the episode. I'm not implying any dirty jokes <laughs> at all. <laughs> no, um, not at all. Not at all. You never do that ever. Now, why would I do that? That's not fun nor funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do like the fact I, I, the only problem I have with it is kind of we mentioned it earlier is that like he appears to a little Finn in a cloud and he says it's me it's your big me like, or it's, it's big Finn I'm the one that donked this all up I'll try to fix it I'm not coming back like mm-hmm. that if you saw a big version of you like say like you've had a bad series of events happen in your life and then a big version of you appears in the clouds and goes it's my fault and I'm going to fix it. You'd be like, what? That doesn't oh, make any sense at all. The existential, like, I don't know. I would just or be like, all sorts of bummed out. I'd be like, we're not the real ones. Like, we're these little ones in a much bigger world. Like, he's, he just learned he's a grain of sand, essentially. And that's, yeah. But didn't, what, didn't Real Finn just kind of learn that as well with the multiverse adventure? That- I, I suppose so. But he forgot yeah. it all. He forgot all of that, right? Because yeah, yeah, I guess he did kind of Jake forget all that. Remembers, yeah. Um, so, hmm. Yeah, very good point. I didn't even think about that. But yeah. at least, I mean, at least I think through that he knows that there's a portal to a time room at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, he does um, know that. But then, and then his resolution with the women is just like it's interesting though because it's kind of we have to go back to our theory about you know well, how much time is progressing. That he goes to Lady and Princess in, uh, sorry, Lady PB and Flame Princess, and just like, hey, this again. He kind of just goes, hey, this is all my fault. Um, y'all didn't do anything, and then gives them a little music box. So again, I, th- I think if it plays out in that universe, if we think it's just happening on different time planes, that it's kind of like during this time. Little Finn comes back to them and goes, hey, I'm sorry for like how I bounced between you guys. And then they all go, hey, you know, it is like not our fault. It is your fault. So they become friends again. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, if a freaking god in the sky told you like, hey, like y'all are good, like stop hating forget it. Other. It was it was my fault. I think you would get over it pretty quick because you'd be <laughs> like, true. again, holy crap, there's a giant god in the sky. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is so minor and so unimportant what we're talking about. Again, Let's it just on. makes me it makes me want to see what dialogue or turn of events happened mm-hmm. in between that and when he puts the little jukebox on, which I think if yeah. I had um a true lovely of the episode, it's the little jukebox. <laughs> the little jukebox. Okay. The little jukebox is hilarious. I love that. Dude, I was trying so hard to figure out who my lovely was. I was like, is it little Bemo? He's just he's barely in this episode. Is it Magic Man? Is it Finn? I I don't know if I have a lovely this episode, truly. Yeah, I I had a hard time figuring it out, and that's why I kind of opted for the little boombox. But if I had a character, I think I think it'd be little Finn. Just like yeah, at the end, standing Finn. standing on the the edge, like watching the water flow. But I'm like, oh, that's that's you're rooting for him. You're rooting yeah, for him, bare minimum. I think so. Definitely at the end of that episode. I, I hope Big Finn, though, learns a lesson out of this and takes some sort of... He took responsibility at the end. I hope he brings that responsibility in the future and we don't just keep seeing immature Finn mm. occurrences. But I'm sure we well, will. Well, there's a everybody great makes episode coming up called in episode 13 of this season. So we're only about eight episodes away called Frost and Ice. And... It is this exact same problem over again. Mm. Um, without spoilers, it's essentially Finn has a dream, um, sees something happen in the dream, and he's like super pumped about it. So he tries to make it happen in real life and really manipulates people. Oh, wow. um, and it's it's one of his like lowest moments in the show. Just of like, oh dang, like he does. He basically is playing out situations in real life, how he played them out with the little people. So he's learned a lesson, but I don't think, again, I think it's been all in a Sims universe and he does, he will have to make this mistake again to learn. And he does, he does make this mistake again. I will say that. It is, it is hard to take a lesson and, you know, remember it, not made that mistake a second time sometimes. Yeah. But but, all right. Well, that's fine. I'll I'll, I'll wait and see what happens. Now, what is your, do you have a lesson for this episode then? Um, it's not about personality matrices and charts. It's about the bumps in your hearts. Okay. Um, don't play That's God. Good. And other people's drama can be entertaining from afar, but you always have to realize that the experience, that they experience emotions the same way that you do. Mm-hmm. And when you get involved, like you can actually hurt people. So the yeah. lesson there is don't fuck around with people's emotions for your own enjoyment. All right. That's great. That's a good yeah. lesson. What about yours? Oh, Ned, you know where this is going. I'm sure you know where this is going. <laughs> I had to. Sometimes when you're when you're feeling down, you just got to jerk around a little bit. No, 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 Well, I this the the punchline was not my doing. I did my initial lesson was don't jerk your little self. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but then somebody else in this household said. But sometimes it's the only way to see yourself. And <laughs> <laughs> so Allie's lesson of the episode. <laughs> I, I didn't say who in this house. Maybe it was the dog. Maybe, maybe it, was, it Banks. was Bankston. Maybe it was Bankston. <laughs> <laughs> but we got a good laugh out of that one. Um, oh, man. Man, that's, good episode. That's a good one. Yeah, fun, fun episode. I enjoyed it. Not, yeah, not a top episode. I think the same thing with the last episode. I mean, it's. A goofy kind of well. Here's the thing, though, Ned. This is there's no more Treehouse episode than this episode. Is this an episode that you really no, love? Broskies. This is not a Broskies in the Treehouse episode. Like they, they, this. I think Treehouse episode definitions are when it's like Jake and Finn adventures in small in the Treehouse uh, in the Treehouse. But I'll, I'll call them Treehouse episodes if it's a Jake and Finn adventure in a low stakes, uh, somewhat low stakes, and like a plot line i should say like the horse episode again that's okay. the ultimate definition kind of we'll have to look um, up the definition of a bottle episode because maybe that's what we're talking about maybe, yeah it I could be recall. what we're talking about but um but no I'm, I'm with you i'd say that this is not like won't make a tops episode but i do see this episode again as we're focusing a lot more not on like crazy canonical canonical events we will in this season but this is a keystone moment of again i think this 
there will be more episodes about Finn's maturing as an adventurer rather than just him like slaying dragons and whatever. Okay. That's great. Man, let's yeah, let's uh swing some... into Traveler's Log. Is that cool? Yeah. Oh, another one. Yeah, another one. We get a bunch of them. We're gonna go through them now that we're back into the main series and not just doing Fiona and Cake, where it feels like only if it's talking about Fiona Cake can we do it. But kind of surprisingly so, this one is about Fiona Cake. And we're so recently out of it. I think it's okay if we yeah, revisit yeah, I think it, it I think it's okay. one more time. And we will many more times because that's just who we are. We tangent plenty. Uh, this one is from DJ BMOZ. We've had quite a few from DJ BMOZ. DJ BMOZ is also a Patreon subscriber. I'm pretty positive about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I'm wrong about that, uh, yo, no, I'm are. sorry. There, yeah, I thought so. I, I'm pretty sure I saw DJ Bimozi on the Discord. Um, yeah. Anyways, so she starts off kind of talking a little bit about, um, you know, the the uh, metaphors for like flicking someone off because they have four fingers. So there's a moment in the first episode where Fiona like sticks up peace sign. And that's like supposed to be flicking uh, whoever it was off, flicking the bus driver off, I think. I mean, but then there's a, a moment where uh, Pond Swan flips him off too. Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. That one was a little bit less like hidden or, or un, yeah, it was not uh, subtle. censored. <laughs> yeah. And there are plenty of moments to uh, like puck them up, girl, because they're playing hockey or whatever, and uh, suck my nuts because they're, uh, I don't know, I guess knuckles instead of. Nuts, but anyways, moving on to the later section of this. Also talking about the first episode uh, on the bus. So also, I know Ned mentioned that he thought one of the characters on the bus was the water nymphs, uh, but I feel like this character, assuming we are both talking about the green haired girl, is actually gender bent swapped uh, fern, and then kind of jokingly mm-hmm. says, "Yeah, Furiona, uh, Fernia." For now, um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But anyways, the reason I think this is her is because she specifically mentions that her dreams are too messed up to even talk about. Mm-hmm. That's just, yeah, and it's a lot like Fern too. So that's, yeah, okay. good call out, good call. I think there were so many Fiona Cake ginger swap ones that like I, yeah, I, it was, I it was hard to keep up with a it. lot more. Yeah, but it was hard to keep up yeah. with. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I'm sure, is there something about dreams being messed up with Fern? Uh, yes, to a degree. Not not super dream related, but what's in Fern's head per se. Okay, all right. Well, then, also as for episode two, I really like that they are trying to have Simon cope with being a human again. They're going. Uh, they're doing such a great job unraveling his grief and confusion as he tackles the new world around him. However, as for Finn, so this is that episode in the mm-hmm. main world where we have uh, Prime Finn. Um, if assuming you don't consider prime world being farm world, uh, as some of us might, yeah. I don't know. No, I'm kind of on the fence of, of that, yeah. but prime world then, uh, I do agree with Russell that he has changed. I'm, I, uh, I am honestly thinking Finn is suffering from mania. He seems to be, uh, relatively happy and keeps himself busy. But to me, something seems super off. Finn kills the bear with no remorse. And that I feel like, uh, mm-hmm. in later seasons of adventure time, and even in seasons four or five, we exhibit a lot, or he exhibits a lot more empathy and doesn't kill recklessly. But that may be uh, just me reading into it a bit too much. However, I don't think he is well. When Simon uh, was talking about how messed up Betty, uh, sorry, when Simon was saying how much he missed Betty over the fire, this would have been a time for Finn uh, where he could have brought up Jake told him about how he copes with his loss. Mm, um, yeah. But the two could have, it, and the two could have a bonding moment where they could uh, easily easily relate to each other. But instead, Finn basically tells him to not worry about being sad, which is easily, or which is exactly what he's doing or trying to do in regards to Jake being gone. Uh, to me, it seems like he is having trouble opening up and talking about it. And finds it easier to be in his manic state. Maybe we can become, or maybe he has become a wizard. And I guess that's because of his light manic state, which it's, I don't know. Maybe he has I think, I think dabbled a, in wizardry. Yeah. I think that's a very good analysis because we didn't, 
we didn't specifically talk about that except for the fact that Jake wasn't around in that yeah. episode, but how Finn's been dealing with the loss of Jake and how that actually parallels to Simon more than it's like him being his opposite. We think, I guess, because we just immediately missed Finn and we love seeing big buff boy baby Finn yeah, uh, going around being crazy. But yeah, it does it does stray away a lot from how Finn has developed come the end of this show mm-hmm. about the, the reckless killing and the endangerment of life and stuff like that. So that's a really good analysis. I think yeah, that's I mean, I, something I, I, I definitely I wish think we had something's up with Ben, but we, we've missed so much context for a big fan throughout all the years. I mean, is there an episode somewhere after the finale where we have like a little season of like Finn being a little bit older or is it just, it cuts mm-hmm. off and then this is the first time we've seen uh, him since the finale. Kind of, kind of. Um, okay. In Distant Lands, there's one episode specifically, and I would honestly consider it a little bit more of a finale than the finale of the show. Um, yeah. Where we you see have to like spoil super, what happens, but just how yeah, is I'm not going to spoil what happens, but we we see not this age Finn, but not nothing that would okay. have been a story or a filler that would have answered some questions around episode yeah. two of Fiona and Cake. I mean, it definitely feels like Finn didn't fully grow up in, in this world and in, in prime Finn world. He seems like he is held back by something, whether it's Jake's loss or just the way that he grew up being so weird and all of his influences being so mm-hmm. odd, as we talked about with like the little people and, and just like how weird it is for him to experiment a little bit with what's going on and how maybe his only stable relationship he's ever seen is Jake with Rainicorn, but Jake's number, like he's not living with Rainicorn, like he's not there all the time. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of weird things that are affecting Finn to where he's this older guy. He's like, man, you just got to get out, kill something, like hunt, like start a, like light a fire, like sit by the bonfire. That's the way to do Mm -hmm. it. That's how you get over, you know, being bummed and not adventuring with your best bud anymore. But also the loss of Jake is probably, uh, okay, and this is me talking without having seen what happens to Jake. Is it like if it's old age, that's way different than what happened to Betty, you know? But if it's not old age and it's just he's dealt with a different way than uh, yeah, Simon and has. That, and that's know. one that's, that's one of those things that's not answered of like, okay. how does Jake die at all? Hmm. So, Interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's, it's, but it's, I think just, yeah, interesting point to bring up about Finn of like, kind of the growing up and maturing aspect of it, that he does so much of it emotionally through the core show that, yeah, at the end of the day, it does seem like there's a gap of where he could have been in this episode. But then also in the second episode of Fiona and Cake, just also nice to see that Finn is still somewhat of a, whim- a whimsical adventurer and doesn't take life too seriously. If we yeah. if they had gone too far off to, in, in that direction and had Finn as you know, the businessman in the Candy Kingdom running the finances like that would yeah, have been, been out of our, character it would have yeah. been out of character too so well what do um, you do with a guy who's spent his youth killing things and jumping yeah. around and being a hero for an again that's kingdom? why i said like, it yeah. more of a spinoff we i would love more old man finn stories if we're going to make it violent and bloody and uh yeah what leads up to the death of jake and stuff like that too i think that yeah. that's where especially the spin-off if jeremy Shada gets older and stuff and his voice yeah. gets more gruff that'd be so great Gr- gruffly Oh, gruffly, man, manly uh, bravado as yeah. as that starts to occur. <laughs> but again, thank you, TJB Mozi, yeah, for definitely. the analysis because I think that that was good deep thought. And I don't want to go too far into it because we're gonna do a a part eleven of Fiona and Cake if we get too much. Yeah, into for that. sure. Without being as familiar with it, I mean, it's been several weeks since we watched that episode. So, uh, man, that's cool though. I, yeah, I like it. Thank you so much for. Chiming in the Traveler's Log, nea.travelerslog at gmail.com. Uh, sorry, I know me and Ned are both exhausted at this point, so I hope it hasn't come off too obvious in this podcast. No. I certainly yeah, know we- as I was reading someone else's, uh, uh, like how they write and stuff, I was just like, oh man, I'm, I'm stumbling. Ooh, yeah. But Picking that's up just on how people's it is. turns of phrases when you're tired is like, what? Yeah, oh, for yeah. sure. I just, I always read in my own voice. It's really hard for like, reading out loud and reading someone else's like uh voice you know as they they type out stuff but anyways y'all thank you so much you can check us out We're, we got a patreon at patreon.com slash never adventure podcast uh as we mentioned last episode we are 
creeping up on being halfway funded for the production of the podcast. And as more people will subscribe, if we ever get past fully like financing the production of the podcast um, and taking that burden off of me and Ned, we will definitely be investing those funds back into the podcast with other cool things. And, you know, like we love that we have stickers that we can give you off. You'll do a, a review for the, the podcast on what is it? Apple Podcasts or uh, iTunes or even a Spotify like five star review like man we'll happily send you one just send us a screenshot let us know you did it like that sort of a thing like that's only possible because you know of the the funds that me and Ned have invested into the podcast so we really appreciate y'all like helping us out with that it, it means a lot seriously um, but yeah check us out also if you haven't Instagram Neverending Adventure Podcast Hit Talk at Neverending Adventure Cast Twitter at NEA underscore podcast Ned and I are always on those platforms, like happy to chat or whatever. But the best chats definitely happen on the Patreon Discord. So mm-hmm. just, just saying, all tiers, actually, by the way. The $1 tier, if you're a $1 subscriber for the podcast, you also get access to the Discord, um, which is something that now that it's been out for a bit, me and Ned felt it was time to, to allow yeah. all of the open special travelers to do it. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Ned, do you have any uh, recs for us? Yeah, I've got a good rec of a movie that I watched for a second time this week, but got to watch it in a new light and significantly more enjoyed it. It's uh, Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, um, okay. Isn't, really that, good. isn't that like a, a thriller, like creepy? No, so it's not necessarily... Like I wouldn't taxi, call it necessarily it? creepy. It's more of a psychological... Again, it's a thriller, but it's not like anything horror or like thriller related. It's about yeah. pretty much a guy who is, I would say like borderline autistic, borderline like autistic and psychotic at the same time, pretty much. Um, that, and then he is like a, pip, a pickpocket and scrapes, scrapes by, but then realizes that his like, he would be really good at uh, night crawling, which is doing like nighttime journalism, car crashes and stuff like that. And he does a lot of effed up things doing that, per se. Um, yeah. But really, again, just kind of watching it more is like seeing how crazy he actually is. And Jake Gyllenhaal plays a great, crazy person. Highly, highly recommend it. Yeah. I, dude, I tried to watch that one time and I got halfway through it and I just went, gosh, I'm just not in the right headspace for this yeah, movie. It's, so it's a heavy one. It's a I think the one. first time I was expecting that kind of psychotic uh, like seven, um, or like a murder thriller, and mm-hmm. it wasn't like that at all. And I was like, "What am I watching? Like, what's happening?" Um, and yeah. I went into it this time way more open minded. Okay. Well, uh, what about good. you? What's your What's your wreck? Oh man, I'm gonna have to come up with a wreck. Can I? Can I wreck sushi? Is that weird? Yeah. No, I wrecked grilled cheese last week. So yeah. I think you can wreck sushi. <laughs> I'm gonna. Yeah, I think last week I said I'm not gonna wreck, or I wasn't gonna wreck sushi, but I'm gonna wreck sushi. Because for my 30th birthday on, on Monday, me and Allie and my old roommate uh, and his girlfriend went out and got sushi at uh, Bite a Bit here in Nashville. And it was maybe I'm wrecking Bite a Bit. It's a Thai food place that is it's Thai and sushi. And it's yeah. really good. I finally found my only issue with it was that I, well, I have two issues. One, Village Pub's right there. And it's so hard not to just go to the Village <laughs> Pub and get those good, good pretzels. But, um, I finally found a sushi roll that I like there. And that yeah. makes Bite a Bit so much better for me. It's the, um, gosh, if you happen to be in Nashville, I, I don't know if this is the place you should go because there's so many better Nashville yeah. like restaurants. But anyways, it's like Marine Boy, I think is what it is. But it was like spicy tuna, cucumber. Then on the outside, there's uh, salmon and, uh, and also cream cheese on the inside. And I'm, I'm all about like all of that. So it was good. Yeah. No, good. I'm Get you more on a sushi train because I'm, I'm, I love it. I love, I'm, I'm in the raw fish. Like, give me the sashimi up and down. Oh man. One day I'll know I made it when I can go to sushi once a week and not feel like, oh man, I'm making bad financial decisions. <laughs> hey, I, yeah, we, we love the sushi, but it's so dumb that like Uber eating it in Atlanta will be like, great. We each have a roll and a half and got $0 delivery fees and got 20% discount and we still fit. Spent $55 and you're like, yeah. what the oh, yeah. heck that just happened? Well, you know, my buddy treated us to some sake and it was uh it was a good time. 
seriously yeah. enjoyed it. Loves but, me some sake. Yeah, man. All right. Thank you all so much. Uh, we'll be back next week in just another episode. I guess we're talking about Jake's little boys next I episode. I know. We got girls, a good... That's why, that's why I've, I feel like I've been waiting on this one because I've referenced the episode we're going to talk about next week so many times in terms of just like, just wait. We're going to see Jake's flaws. We're going to see a lot of his dad issues. Again, we saw them a little bit in Dad's Dungeon and I think this comes out a lot in this one for sure. Okay. Well, I think you've said it many a time. This is a show about bad fathers. So mm-hmm. we'll and see they, how that's been translated another generation down to Jake and his children. Uh, hopefully it's not too bad. No, it's not. It's not too bad, but it's not too good to start. Mm. Off. <laughs> so All right. We'll talk I'll about leave, it. We'll see. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Well, y'all uh, have a good week and everybody party forever. I love the you guys.